It's Billy Hollowell here with the Church Boys Podcast, and I have Rabbi Jonathan Furness on the line. How you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. So I'm excited to talk with you as we kind of are inching towards Christmas here. And uh, your latest book, I think, is one that gets into so many different topics um, that are really topics of importance um, to Christians and, and things that we see in the Bible quite a bit. But sometimes they're topics that make us uncomfortable, maybe because we don't know a lot about them, um, or they're things we haven't experienced. And so I wanted to unpack a little bit of this, and I think the most natural place to start, and before I continue, the, the title of your book, A Rabbi Looks at the Supernatural, A Revealing Look at Angels, Demons, Miracles, Heaven, and Hell. Um, so there's a lot there. And I, want, I guess I want to start with angels, because it's Christmas time, and I mean, obviously angels appear throughout the scriptures, but in the Christmas story, they play such a major role in that story. And so I just wanted to ask you, um, you know, when we look back at that story, I think it's so easy to look at the Bible and say, oh, that happened such a long time ago. And we don't always take those elements and bring them into the modern world. Um, What would you say to people who have questions about whether or not angels um, are around today and are active today in the world? Well, Billy, uh, you can't read the scriptures, and I'm talking about both the Old and New Testament, uh, without seeing lots and lots of angels and uh, and un- things that are unseen to us taking place in in the unseen world. The angel of the Lord uh, is the message. Angel is simply a messenger, uh, and they're they're all around us, and they're constantly uh, fulfilling God's Word, uh, serving His people, protecting His people, uh, bringing important messages to God's people, uh, and they're, they're just as real today as they were 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, when all the great stories of the Bible took place. And we hear stories all the time of people who have had, and sometimes there's other natural explanations um, at you know that we find out later on. But people who have had these experiences that they really can find no other way around those experiences other than there was some sort of force there that helped them or protected them or guided them in some way. And so it's really intriguing, I think, the the entire uh, paradigm of of how all of this works. And I think you know I want to talk more about Christmas, but not to get too far down the other rabbit's hole, but I wanted to ask you about demons because this is something, there's so many different theories about what what demons are. You know, some saying fallen angels, others saying Nephilim, and I wanted to ask you from a theological perspective where you stand on that and why. Well, my understanding of demons is that they are fallen angels. They serve the demonic uh, kingdom realm under the uh, headship of, of Lucifer, or uh, or Satan, literally the tempter uh, in in Jewish thought, and they're very much real. Just as angels uh, are are real, demons are real also, and you see them again throughout Scripture. You see Jesus simply commanding them to go. Uh, in the New Testament, you see individuals that are that are uh, under the uh, possession or influence of demons being set free. That's one of the reasons Jesus came, to go about doing good and and delivering or healing all those that were oppressed of the enemy. Demons can cause sickness. Demons can cause uh, 
rebellion against God. Demons can cause depression. Demons uh, can be lying spirits that uh, that bring condemnation and guilt and so on. Uh, Billy, they're very much real, and we've been blinded by a materialistic Western mindset, and it's not the it's not the worldview of the scriptures. Um, now, I mean, there, and there's so much we should do a whole, I would love to actually have you on to do a whole discussion about, maybe we could do a series on angels and demons and go, di- you know, dive into each of these. Cause I think there's so much there and it's so, there it, is. It's I'd so love to. yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. Um, so, so you know, this time of year, I know, obviously we're, we're talking about all of these, all of these themes. We're talking about angels were, I mean, are there any things when you look at that story, that nativity story, and you look at the role that angels played and you look at sort of in popular culture, how we look at the nativity um, and, and even the nativity itself, the characters who are in it and how they're positioned and all that. Are there any things, and this is sort of a weird question, but I, you know, any things you think people miss or any marks they miss or things they get wrong about that story or even lessons maybe that, you know, we overlook about the nativity story. Well, uh, I can only speak as a Jewish believer in Jesus, uh, a Messianic Jew, and tell you that the the birth of the Messiah uh, is a direct fulfillment of so many scriptures, and the, the, the focus should be on the fact that he is the promised Redeemer, that he is the seed of the woman, Genesis 3.15, which is why it's so important that he was born of a virgin. Uh, that spiritual reality, going all the way back to Genesis 3, in my view, that he came to ultimately to crush the head of the serpent, and that it requires his return, to me, is, is, is a deeper understanding of the whole idea of Christmas. It's a, the beginning of a story that ultimately is fulfilled upon his return and then the crushing of the head of the evil one. That's the plan of redemption uh, in, in a more holistic form that God has planned since the beginning of, the, of time. You know, and it's, I don't know if that answers your question specifically, but I see it on a more holistic, in a more holistic way than just gathering around a, a manger. No, I appreciate that, and I think it gets to the deeper meaning. I think a lot of the times, one of the big misconceptions even, and I don't even know if that's the right word, but the way that we look at it, it, we don't go deep enough on these things, right? We love to talk about the nativity and talk about Christmas and Easter and Jesus rising from the dead, but we don't really go into the story. And and I think a lot of Christians also have an aversion to the Old Testament because they don't understand it or they feel like the new is more important, but they don't, the connection, and I've even been guilty of that in the past, not recognizing the connection as deeply as we should. And I think you just spoke to that um, which is the the birth is the fulfillment of of so many of those things in the old, and they're inter- obviously interconnected. It's it's one holy book. Um, exactly, Billy. It's a more holistic picture than I think most look at. We celebrate the birth of the Messiah, and it's a wonderful thing to celebrate, and we should. But we should also understand the depth of the redemptive story of God for all mankind. Absolutely. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and I wanted to ask you, because I, I think this is intriguing, this time of year, obviously Hanukkah comes around the same time as Christmas. I believe it starts Christmas Eve this year, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that. But it, it does. It No, it does, and it's only the, the fourth time in a hundred years that the first day of Hanukkah has fallen on Christmas Eve, so it's kind of a very special event. 
happened back in 1918 and then again in 1921. It happened the year I was born, 1959, and then it happened about 11 years ago. So it's a pretty rare occurrence. No, that that's so interesting, and and I know you know as as a believer in Jesus and as as a Jew, I wanted to ask what your view is on Hanukkah and I mean most at least the Christians that I've interacted with and as a Christian, you know, we never paid much attention to Hanukkah, didn't know much about it. You know, is there a responsibility to know about it, to celebrate it as Christians? You know, just take me through some of your views on that. Yeah, great question. Thanks for asking. I think absolutely. First of all, uh, without uh, Hanukkah, there may never have been a Christmas. The story of Hanukkah took place about 165 years before uh, Jesus was born. And the, area that's known as Israel today was under the domination of the Seleucid Empire, in other words, the Greco-Syrian Empire under a brutal uh, ruler named Antiochus Epiphanes IV, the type of Antichrist who desecrated the temple, uh, erected a statue to Zeus, and mass there was a mass slaughter of Jewish people who would not uh, uh, reject the God of Israel and bow down to idols. And the story of Hanukkah is a miraculous story of a small band of guerrilla fighters that defeated one of the great world empires of that day, the Maccabees. And we celebrated for eight days because of the miracle of the oil they found when they were rededicating the temple. There was enough oil for one day to relight the the lampstand, the menorah in the temple, and it lasted eight days while they could uh, prepare new oil. So we have two miracles that really do connect together. The miracle of Hanukkah, the deliverance from the uh, Seleucids, and the, and the miracle of the birth of the Messiah. And without uh, Hanukkah and the miraculous defeat of um, the, the Syrian, Greco-Syrian army, and the rededication of the temple, the temple that Jesus worshipped in, there may not have been a Christmas. Also, Jesus celebrated Hanukkah. We're told in John 10 that he was in the temple on the Feast of Dedication. Really, the Feast of Dedication is Hanukkah. It's also the Feast of Lights, and we remember, of course, that Jesus declared himself to be the light of the world. He said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so, it's, I think it's a great celebration for Christians to remember not only is Jesus the light of the world, John 1, 4, in him was life, and that life was the light of mankind, but we also remember that we are called to be lights. And the, the one thing we do as a family, uh, well, we do several things, but we light the Hanukkah menorah. It's called the Hanukkah. It's nine-branched, uh, eight, eight days of celebration, a candle for each day. Uh, and when we light we light it. We light it with the ninth candle, which is called the Shamish candle, which means servant. We light the servant first, and it's the servant candle that lights the other eight. And we declare Yeshua is the light of the world, but also are reminded that He is the great servant who came to lay down His life as a ransom for us. He laid down His life for us, His friends, and that Shamish candle reminds us of, of that He's the great servant, and it's called us to serve. Uh, to serve the world, and that uh, it's a great celebration. So let me ask you, uh, this is my one of my last questions for you. It's a really loaded one, but one of the things that I've noticed with interacting with 
some progressive Christians who are very, very, very on the progressive front, and, and some atheists, not to compare the two, but um, just some things that have come up, two questions in particular, and one relates to Jesus' birth. Why? You know, I have one friend who says all the time, why? Why did it have to be a virgin? You know, I can believe that Jesus was special and connected to God, and you know, but why? Why did it have to be a virgin? And then the second question, and they're they're both kind of loaded, but you know, why did Jesus have to die a bloody death on the cross? You know, why did why did that have to happen? And those are the two things that seem to be one, two of the biggest struggles for people, um, I think, who are skeptical. Well, Billy, they're both great questions, and they're fair questions. First of all, the virgin birth, and within uh, Jewish ministry, among Jews who believe in Jesus and the and anti what what uh, we term anti-missionaries, uh, Orthodox Jews, that are trying to prevent Jews from believing in Jesus, we argue over uh, the virgin shall conceive, the word Alma in Hebrew, which can simply be translated young maiden. But the virgin birth, I believe, goes all the way back to Genesis 3.15, Billy, where there's the first promise of redemption, when the Lord is is cursing the serpent, and says, I'll put division between you and the woman and between, listen to this now, this is important, her seed and your seed. And her seed will crush your head. It's the seed of the woman, which is odd because seed in a, in a relationship comes through the man. Uh, but in this case, it's, it has to be the seed of the woman. And I believe that is the precursor of the, the Alma prophecy of a, the virgin shall conceive and she'll bear a child. So it had to be the seed of the woman according to that decree, and that's why the virgin birth is so important. Now, there's some speculation that that, that the uh, sin DNA is carried through the male. I don't know if that's true or not. It's an interesting theory, but it's Genesis 3.15, and I encourage people listening to go back and read and study that. Then then the blood issue uh, is, is uh, the fulfillment of Leviticus 17.11, where the decree of the God of Israel is that the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you to make sacrifice upon the altar. So there had to be blood, and Jesus is fulfilling the sacrificial system. You know, you have blood in the very first sin. Adam and Eve cover themselves with fig leaves, and the Lord says it's not enough, and then you see that they have skins. Why skins? Because an animal had to be put to death, the blood had to be shed in order to cover their sin, and it goes on throughout biblical history. Well, listen, this has been so great. Um, is there anything that maybe we haven't discussed about your book or about any of these topics that you'd want to drive home, specifically with Christmas and Hanukkah upon us? I think it, it, the, the whole theme that I, I just want to want to summarize is supernatural miraculous. God is a supernatural working God. Uh, the miraculous is still just as real. God is just as powerful today as he was 2,000 years ago. Jesus is still healing and performing miracles all around us. We just need eyes to see, Billy. So I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a Happy New Year, and walk in the supernatural power of God his miraculous power this holiday season and next year. Thank you so much. It's been great having you on today. We'll have to have you back soon. I'd love to. Thanks.